In your Bible, let's get on in. Praise God. Let's do it. Let's get on into it today. Today we talk about what you can't see. It's the continuation of our series on strongholds. The goal of the series is to focus on the whole year, one word. Everybody say intentional. All through the year, we're looking at things intentionally to decide how we're going to respond to our lives. It's called living life on purpose. Intentionally seeking ways to improve the quality of our life, to align ourselves with God so we can receive a better quality of, of life. And that's really the goal for a lot of people. You're just trying to find a way to live a better life. And, and sometimes we oversimplify it because it's just, it's not, as, it's not because we don't want it. It's just we don't know what to do. And so today, there's one area that I want to target, and it's called strongholds. Everybody say strongholds, please. Strongholds is one of the things that you have to intentionally go after if you want your life to be better. You have to intentionally seek to identify the things in your life that are holding you back. And I, I talked last week about two types of strongholds, the kind that have you, the kind that already have a hold on your life, that already paralyze you, tie up your mind, tie up your thoughts. It's always there. It never goes away. And then there are things that are trying to get you. And I'll talk about those in a minute. But there is a tendency to accept sometimes these strongholds, accept these bondages. When in reality, it's all about you saying, I'm tired of this. I just don't want to live this way anymore. I want my daily existence to feel different. And the only way that's going to happen is you make an intentional effort. That's why I use the word intentionally, on purpose, making sure you break down strongholds. And that only happens when your desires change. So I wrote this little statement. You might notice it in your notes. When your desire to be free from the stronghold of, put fill in the blank, surpasses, big word, surpasses your desire to fill in the blank, then you will have victory. When your desire to be free from financial bondage surpasses your desire to spend money, then you'll be free financially. When your desire to be happy surpasses your desire to hang with those people, <laughs> then you'll find victory in your life. When your desire surpasses, that's the key. What can't you surpass? What is it that you want more than your own happiness? I watch people do this all the time. They, they, they tend to put things in the wrong places. When you desire to be married more than you desire to make your friends happy, when your desire to have a happy marriage surpasses your desire to make your friends happy, then you'll have a happy marriage. It's all about surpassing. You will always have the same financial issues, the same issues over and over again until something surpasses your desire for that. Until your desire to have a great life surpasses your desire for drugs. And I mean, I, and you can really be addicted, but something happens in you. A strength comes when you say, I'm really tired of this. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of, I'm tired of this. And, and, that, and that's a good thing. I think it's good to get tired. It's good to get frustrated. It's good to say, I, I'm half had it. Something good can come out of that frustration because now... You have a desire that surpasses what you've been accepting. And so the question for you today is, what are those things? What are those strongholds? Now, here's a question I want you to think about. I call it my big question, the two big questions. What are some of the strongholds you see in others that 
They can't see. Now, some of you can say, oh, I can name some people. They need to get past some things. I mean, they're always, they're always depressed, or they're always, you know, saying the wrong things. Or, and you can give a long list of things that they need to get beyond. But here's another question. What are the strongholds in your life that you need to face? What are the strongholds in your life that you could not see in yourself even years ago? It's one thing to identify it in somebody else. It's another thing to be honest and say, this is my stronghold. These are the things that have affected my life. I have personally sat down and written out my strongholds. I, I wrote some things down and said, these are the things in my mind that have hindered me for years or at various seasons of my life. And it's a very powerful experience. You might try to do it. Let me give you what I call um, what I, the, the, the things that show how strongholds affect us. And there were three things I mentioned last time, and these were, these were surprises to me. First of all, everybody can be put in bondage. That is amazing to me. There are traps for every size of income and status. Whether you make 10000 or 50000 or 100000 it doesn't matter. There's a trap for every size. Whether you be the, the, the person who is a janitor in the company or you be the CEO, it doesn't matter. At every level and every status, there's a trap. There's a trap for pastors. Pastors are often trapped by depression. They're trapped by schedule. They're trapped by feeling guilty. They can't miss a Sunday. They feel like they're sinning if they do. They feel that everything is tied to their presence, and so they get trapped in this idea. They're on 24 hours a day. It's a trap. It's an emotional, physical trap. It wears you out. I've learned that everybody that looks free is not free. Sometimes when you go home and look at them, their walls are all burnt down. I studied last time we did this last week. I, I used Nehemiah as, as my case study. And I showed you how Nehemiah was concerned because the walls around Jerusalem were all burnt down. It was all burnt up and he was surprised. This guy came and told him, a friend came and told him about this problem. And, and it grieved him. And I learned that sometimes people look normal from a distance, but when you get up close, they're not. It's fascinating to get to know people up close. Third thing I've learned is that everybody is not willing to pay the price to be free. Some people are so tied to a bondage or a stronghold, it, it's almost like a family culture. Everybody has this problem. Everybody gets high. Everybody gets drunk. It's like generational. Everybody's in the same place. And, and we're not willing to break free from the bondage or the stronghold because we're tied to people. Well, we only do this with these people. I heard something. You, you might want to go listen to this. It's a great series by Andy Stanley. It's really a great series. If, you, if you're an Internet person, it's called Guardrails. You gotta go, you gotta, if you have not listened to that series, write it down. It's called, look, just Google Andy Stanley Guardrails. Just Google that together. Say Andy Stanley Guardrails. It's a fantastic study. And he made this incredible statement in that study. That's homework for you. He said, when you're with people that you love, you're the most vulnerable because you let all your guards down. You have no guardrail up. You know what a guardrail is? It's what they, they have around, along the roads to prevent you from going over into the, uh, the, 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 the cliff or wherever is unsafe on the road. And they put guardrails up in certain areas to stop you from hurting yourself. And he said, in life, you have to have guardrails. And he said, one of the things that happens to people is when you trust people, you put down the guardrails because you feel safe. It's my friend. These are my buddies. They wouldn't harm me. But most of the bad decisions we make, we make with friends. Our family, people that if you got on drugs, you didn't, most of the time you're with a friend. That's why you tried it. A friend offered it to you. 
It's always somebody that you trust, somebody that you love, that offers you opportunities. Most of my, all of my uh, sinful temptations as a teen coming up came with friends. Every single one. And it was all people who, they were close to me. Why would I not look at the book? So, my cousin showed it to me. It was at my brother's. I mean, it's always amazing how we don't notice that. And so sometimes it, it, it costs too much. I, I have been thinking lately, because I've been making some really courageous changes and strength, strong moves in my life. And, I, and I've said to myself, one of the reasons I couldn't make some of these changes earlier was because the price was too high. I, I would, in, order, in order to get in physical shape, there's a price tag you pay. There's a, you know, cut off the TV. And, uh, there's a price tag. I have to set aside time. There's a little bit of discomfort. But if I really want to be better physically, I have to pay the price. And, and there's something about being willing to pay the price. You want a better relationship, but you're not willing to pay the price for it. There's a higher price. You have to be quiet. You have to hear their opinion. You can't have it your way all the time. There's a price you pay. I can't have that right now. I have to say no to myself. I have to let this person go. I know they work for me, but this person is not fitting. I can't keep them employed. They're hurting the company. And that's a price you're not willing to pay. So you can't have a successful company. You can't until you're willing to make those choices. As long as you, as long as you accept this, you'll be here. This isn't going to change because you just cry or pray or come to church. It's about intentionally tearing down, breaking down the strongholds in your life. And then I went through, uh, last time as I told you, types of strongholds that can trap us. And, and I mentioned two already. Present and active strongholds. I talked about that. Those are things that have you right now. Something that's got you now. You already can identify it. You said that's it. You know, some of you, it's a, it's a habit or whatever it is. You, you know exactly what it is. But then there's secondly what, what I call attempting strongholds. It's not there yet. It's just trying to get you. It's just, it's just trying to get a hold to you. But the third one I didn't talk about, which is one of, one of the most dangerous strongholds you can have in your life. Repeat it with me, please. Say religious strongholds. It's so when you assume that God is a member of your tribe, you and him are really close because you're saved. And you're saved because you're saved and you know God, you know you are right. And, that's, and this is how you talk about people. Oh, before I got saved, the way you say it, before I got saved, it's as if, you know, now I'm saved and so all of you that aren't saved. And you kind of have this condescending tone. And when you get married, if you're married, or if you, you, you got like your husband is, or wife is not saved, and so they're not really worthy of you because you're saved. And God is on your side. And in any discussion, because you know a Bible verse or two, you're right. Your interpretation of life, everything you say and see is right because you know God. You and him are like this. You hear his voice, you talk to him, you feel his presence. And so you just, you just got him all sewed up. <laughs> Religious pride. It's amazing. Then it's something I call racial strongholds. We assume that God is, has an ethnic or gender bias. God likes men. He's a man kind of God. Women, you're just made to help out. 
A lot of a lot of pastors feel well. I, you hear it in the sermons. You hear it in the way they communicate. It's just a tone, a little edge. It, there's there's a certain feeling that God is you know God is he's my color, your color. He's from America. Do you know God's American? He's an Earthling, right? If you're not careful, your definition of God is tied to you. But he said in scripture, and I think this is very important. He told Moses in the Ten Commandments, make unto me no graven image like unto man or beast. And here's why he said man, because we tend to do that. We tend to craft a God like us. He thinks like us. He talks like us. He's like us. That's why we get angry when people don't get it. God told me this. Boy, aren't you spiritual? We are amazing people. Then there's what I call, lastly, philosophical strongholds. We assume that God thinks like we think. We have this incredible assumption that when, when it's all said and done, if we were in an argument, God would decide with us. Our, our, our God, you know, and that's why it's really amazing when you say, is God a Republican? Is God a Democrat? Is God, is God, is God, is God independent? What is God? Where does he stand philosophically? And once you sew up your argument, God has to be on this side. God couldn't possibly be on the side of those people over there. And it's a philosophical stronghold that is hard to break through. It's amazing how trapped we become. And so there, there, there's this amazing verse that I love. It's in Philippians, it's in Isaiah 55, verse 8. And what it does, it shows how the stronghold blinds us. When you read this verse, here's what it teaches you. It shows you how wrong we are about him. My thoughts, here's what he says, Isaiah 55 and 8. My thoughts are not what? Like your thoughts. Say again. Read this like this. My thoughts are nothing, nothing like your thoughts. My thoughts are what? Nothing like your thoughts. I mean, if God was talking to you and he looked at you and said, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. You get it. Then he goes on and says this, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond your. Far beyond your thoughts. Far beyond anything that you can imagine. You have not even entered into my brain space. <laughs> Pause. This, this is a commercial. To tell me that I would be up here preaching. What? <laughs> I never asked for this. I keep telling you that. You don't believe me. I'm telling you. I never prayed to do this. I mean, do I even have a degree in theology? Is uh, What? Why, why? I never thought that I would want to. Why would I want to do this? Who did I know that did this that I wanted to be like? Nobody. I didn't grow up going to church. This is so far from anything I ever imagined. And the fact that people enjoy listening to me is hilarious to me. It is. <laughs> one of the people who know me the longest in this church said to me, they knew me as a teenager. And she said to me, she said, you know what you used to say when you first started preaching? And they like listening to me. I, it's amazing. She, she said, I, I kept saying over and over again, I'm amazed that people enjoy this. Because I never wanted to do it. God has a plan for your life that's so far from what you could imagine. Way beyond your imagination. Trust me. Verse 9 drives the point home. 
For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You're not even close to me. But it's hard for us to imagine that he does not think like us, does not have ways like us, and that we are as low compared to him as we are. That's hard for us. But you know, religious arrogance blinds us. Our, we, we don't understand God's trying to get you to grow up and go to a place you haven't been yet. He's trying to get your mind to a place. I, I told somebody the other day, I said, the biggest thing that hinders people is the way they think. We, you just cannot imagine that this is not all your husband's fault. You cannot imagine that you are a part of this. You cannot imagine that you have created some of this. You can't imagine that God's been trying to break down strongholds in your life. You can't imagine you have one. You can't. We make it too easy. Some churches, all you got to do is just shout. There you go. That's it. Oh, boy, you got it now. That's, hey, the spirit. That's it. Yeah, I wish it was that easy. If all I had to do was just dance to get, I, man, I'd just dance all the time. If all I did was just jerk and quicken, I'd quicken all the time. I told somebody something the other day. I gave somebody some good advice. This person, this person, you know, sometimes you meet people. You don't know where they are. But I just love, I love people. I really do. I love, love talking to people. I love, I love, that's love. That's what makes me, I guess this job works for me because I really love people. And so I was talking to him and he started telling me his sins, which is a preacher problem. You know, people start telling you what they're doing wrong. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're on a plane and, and they ordering whiskey and wine and stuff and they're just drinking and just going to town. And he said, well, what do you do? And you don't want to tell them. <laughs> don't mess up the whole drinking moment. Just mess up everything. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, hi, Rev. I'm just, yeah. I normally don't get this drunk on the plane. I'm telling you, it's just a bad day, you know. Might start crying. I just don't know why I did. <laughs> man, don't remember. It's all right. It's all good. Especially if they're cussing, too. You know, they cuss at you a little while. You tell them, blank, blank, out, blank, blank. And you just say, yeah, what you do? Don't want to tell them. <laughs> but but there's, you know, there's something, there's something amazing that happens to you when you come to the realization that God is really not about judging you when, when a person really understands God really not kind of knows you and putting on in front of me or putting on in front of somebody else doesn't change doesn't change that he, he starts with where you really are He's really open to you being honest with him. And when you're open and you're honest, he takes you to a place where he helps you see the bigger issues. And so today, what are the bigger issues? What are the bigger strongholds that you haven't seen? What, what is it that God wants to do in your life that you can't imagine? Well, let me give you, if I can, three things in the life of a guy that I think summarizes this whole thing. To show us how to get free. You don't get free from impressing a preacher. You don't get free from impressing your neighbor. You get free because something fantastic happens. Acts chapter 10 is a story about a guy named Peter. And this guy is, um, he's the most impressive, one of the most impressive Christian leaders of his day. 
And he has a stronghold that he has not acknowledged. He struggles with Gentiles. He has racial bias. He has the sense that somehow these people are not equal to him. And he'll, he'll say that in a minute. He'll talk about this Jewish thing against Gentiles. And in this, in, in this encounter, Peter is, is God, God's, you know, wanting to take him to a broader audience. And just as a sidebar, let me just say this as a sidebar, Peter never reaches this place. This stronghold never really is completely removed in his life. That's why Paul shows up. In the book of Acts, you, you have two people that you study. The first half of the book, the first, oh, 10, 11 chapters talk about Peter. Peter's all in and out of those chapters. Peter, you know, and then all the preaching he does. But then Paul takes on, takes over. And Paul is a Jew, both are Jews, but one is open and more world-minded. Speaks more languages. Paul spoke many languages. He had what you would call a PhD. Very gifted guy. He was trained by a guy named Gamaliel, who was one of the most impressive scholars of his day. And he was respected on all sides of the fence. That's, this, this man, Paul, rose up to have incredible influence because Peter couldn't get past this problem. And I want to say this. Strongholds stop you from reaching certain potentials. You, your, your reach will be shorter. If you have certain things in your life, no matter how much God wants to take you to places, no matter how much you want certain things to happen in your life, you will never be able to think in a way to get there. You just, you'll be frustrated. If God were to give it to you, it would frustrate you. You may have great entrepreneurial opportunity. You may can run a great business. But because of your temperament, you get angry so fast. You can never nurture staff people. You can never help people reach their full potential. You're too angry a person. And so, please understand, the stronghold in Peter's life is this Gentile issue. And it comes up in Acts chapter 10, but it also comes up later on. You would think in chapter 10, after this vision that God gives him, it would frame forever. But I've learned that strongholds can reoccur because you haven't changed philosophically. You haven't changed your view. Well, look at the text. Watch what happens. Peter is dreaming, and he has this dream. Watch what happens in, 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 in your notes here. Uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 11. He said, he saw the sky open, referring to Peter, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. Verse 12. And in the, in the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Verse 13. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Verse 14. No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But, as, but the voice spoke again, listen to this, don't call in something unclean if God has made it clean. Notice what has to happen first if you want to break the stronghold in your life. Peter had to listen. He had to listen to something that was new to him. He had to be willing to hear something that he had never really heard before. He had this Jewish culture, this Jewish feeling, and this Jewish, and he, he, he had to listen, maybe I'm wrong. If you want to break a stronghold in your life, the first key is you have to listen. Who do you listen to? Who can speak to you? I love to say this. Who are your stoppers? Who can stop you? Who can pull you over on the side of the road and you really listen? One of the challenges we have in this culture is you're not listening. You lose the capacity to listen. Second thing I want you to notice is Peter had to learn not only to listen, he had to be open to change. So open to change. 
Look at chapter 10, verse 28. Now, when Peter, Peter has this vision of this, this, these unclean things coming down, something else is happening in chapter 10 of Acts. There's a guy named Cornelius. He's a Roman soldier. He's a leader in the Roman army. And, he's, and, and he has this, this, this angel speaks to him and says, hey, you know, I, 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 he's praying for his relationship with God to grow. And, and the angel says, well, you need to go and meet Peter. You need to go meet this guy named Peter. He doesn't know Peter. And he says, he lives on this street. He tells him where he lives. And so the guy, Cornelius, you know, he's a, he, the Bible described him as a man who honored God in his giving. He's incredible. He's faithful. He's a praying man. He's a God-fearing man. And so the angels send, uh, uh, send him to get Peter. And so when he comes to Peter's house, guess what Peter's doing? He's having this vision. Why is he having the vision? Because God knows he won't talk to the Gentiles. And so he's trying to get him to stop calling them unclean. So Peter's trying to figure out this dream. These guys knock at the door and introduce themselves. And now they take Peter to Cornelius' house. And Peter makes this statement. Let me show you how deep this is. Chapter 10, verse 28. He said, Peter told them, you know, it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think. Notice that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Peter had to be open to change. If you really want to break the strongholds, you've got to listen and you've got to be open to change. Peter was open to this change. And he told them, I wasn't open before the vision, but now I'm open. What are you not open to? There's something about seeing the stronghold and being open to it. And then the third thing is actually responding, adapting to it. Some people can listen. They can say, I'm open to it, but they don't adapt well to it. If you look at chapter at the next point here in, in, in chapter 10, verse 44, Peter prays for these guys. He tells them about Christ. And then watch what happens. Even as Peter was saying these things, as he was ministering the gospel to them, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message. The Jews believed, the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. So all of a sudden, these guys started worshiping God and speaking in tongues and all this stuff started happening and, and, and Peter was amazed and so now he not only had to listen he not only had to be open he now had to adapt this is new this is different this is not going to be the same how good are you at adapting to the changes on your job you say you're open but have you adapted have you, have you changed have you made the switch uh, okay so you're single but now you're open as a married, new married person, but have you adapted to being married? Have you adapted your new, to your new job? Have you, have you adapted to Savannah yet? Have you adapted to your new city yet? Have you come to a place where you say, I understand I'm not where I used to be. I must change. Something had to happen. God was trying to get Peter not to just say, this is nice that God's touching Gentiles. No, you need to touch Gentiles, Peter. You need to stop calling them names. You need to stop viewing them as dirty. Have you adapted to your, a woman being your boss on your job? Can you, can you change or you just always say, I'm open? Where do you stop at? Stronghold doesn't get broken with just listening. It doesn't get broken until you're open. It doesn't get broken until you change. And until the last thing happens, until your mind changes. Until your mind changes, 
And that's what the word repentance means, a changing of thought. It's not just saying, that, I'm sorry for doing that. It's, it's saying, that's wrong to do. It's not just saying, that was bad. No, it's saying, that's wrong to do. That's not healthy for me. And it's when your mind changes that everything in your life changes. That's when the true strongholds begin to fall down. Because you no longer think that way. When you meet your old friends that are, that are extremely close to you, and they ask you to go do things, you look at them and you say, I no longer believe in that. I no longer think that way. I no longer, I no longer can accept that. I, I just don't want my life to be that way. And then you have to adapt to them not being your friends. Can you do that? Can you draw the line and say, no, for me. It's for me in my house, no. There's something that happens when you intentionally go after breaking down strongholds. You have to be willing to see what you can't, couldn't see before. Are you willing to see what you couldn't see before? Are you willing to say, God, I thank you for opening my eyes. As painful as this is, my stronghold is my brother. I am always pulled along in the stuff as much as I love him, but I can no longer allow that. My stronghold is fill in the blank. Fill in the blank and ask yourself, does your desire for freedom surpass your desire to make that person happy? Until that happens, you will never be free. You will live with the stronghold. And I have watched this for years. I have watched this and this job, and it is a grieving thing to watch. I have talked to people, and I have given them counsel, and I have watched them never get to the point that they can surpass what's in the blanks. And some have died with it. I have watched them die with it. Will that be you is the question. Will it be you who never confronts the strongholds? Is it a stronghold? Here's the question. Does it paralyze you? Does it dominate your mental landscape? Is it always on your mind? Does it tie up all of your time? Does it tie up your ability to see? Does it hinder your ability to see over and over again? I have to admit, I've had a few. And maybe, hopefully, you've seen one today in your life. Can I pray for you? Bow your heads, please. Father, today I pray that what we've talked about in these last 30 minutes has helped. That somehow in these few minutes we have talked about something that has given some clarity to where we are in life. It's helped us see. We love some of these strongholds. <laughs> We do. But we cannot allow them to paralyze us. I ask you to break yokes today. I ask you to give people the courage and the strength to lift their heart to you and say, I must be honest. And I pray that as we talk about strongholds, that the hand of God, the hand of God will bring great healing to lives today. In the name of Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you'd say, Pastor, today I realize.